You are now listening to Raise the W, recorded at the School of Communication inside the Hickey Audio Lab on the beautiful campus of Western Michigan University. Come aboard and hear the people, stories, and impact of Western Michigan University. Here's your host, Tim Tarantine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raise the W, the podcast where we celebrate all things Western Michigan University. I have with me today in studio Dr. Robert Felkel. He is a recently retired uh, professor in the area of Spanish here on campus. Dr. Felkel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, glad to have you today. Uh, like every other guest on Raise the W, we want to discover first who you are. Could you tell us a little bit about the neighborhood you grew up in? Well, there were quite a few of them. Um, Good. I, I was uh, born in Detroit. My family's not from Michigan. My family's from uh, Massachusetts. Okay. But I was born during the war, and my father was working at the Detroit Arsenal. Mm. So I um, was on Gladstone Street, not far from Woodward Avenue. And, in fact, I saw those apartments uh, about 10 years ago. Wow. And they still look pretty good, you know. It was a, it was a, a tough neighborhood in some ways, but I didn't experience that naturally because I was just a kid. So we lived on Gladstone for, I guess, about five years. Then we moved to Royal Oak. Mm-hmm. And so I started school in Royal Oak. Yeah. And then uh, my father got transferred back uh, to Boston and worked at the Boston Army Base from then on until, until he retired. So I really completed my education in Boston. Yeah. Now, and that was, that was good. That was very good. Boston, Boston was a great, a great school, yeah. a great place to go to school. I mean... I forget who called it the Athens of America, but they weren't far off. Mm-hmm. Everything you could possibly want school-wise is there. So mm. it was really nice, a nice place. I, I myself went to uh, Boston College. Oh, great. Boston College for a um, an undergraduate BS, BS because it was Bachelor of Science uh, with a um, in education with a major in Spanish, teaching major in Spanish. Sure. And um, right after I finished uh, Boston College, I got my undergraduate degree. Uh, I got hired to do a fill-in in my in, in the spring of my senior year, actually, where I had done my student teaching, Newton South High School. Hmm. And Newton South High School was a really great school, but it had the full range, the whole enchilada, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. You could have a class with kids sitting around in groups of like six studying Hegel's theory of knowledge, and some other class you could have the place going up in smoke. Yeah. And I got hired to fill in for a woman who had a nervous breakdown because hers was one of the classes. That yeah, she was smoke. up in smoke. Yeah, up in smoke. Yeah. So I did that. And uh, then after that, I got my first uh, full-time job teaching at Marlboro High School, a little bit to the west of the city. Yeah. And that was really nice. And from there, teaching was just it for you. Yeah, teaching was just that. I think I, I always knew I wanted to go into teaching at some level. I just didn't know which level. There's a big difference between teaching high school and um, teaching college. My wife is a, is a fantastic high school teacher, she'll tell you. Yeah. And, um, and she's just in the natural at some of the things that I found a little bit difficult. For instance, a discipline. That's just a part of your job in high school. Right. And in college, it really isn't. Right. And uh, so, uh, but I, I, I got it together and I uh, kept teaching at the high school level. Then I uh, taught at Wellesley for a while. That was part-time. And I decided, I guess I'd rather teach at this level mm. than at the high school level. So I went back to Boston College and got my Master of Arts in Spanish. Yeah. And uh, finished that up in uh, 1968. 
1968. Yeah, that was it, 1968. And that's when my wife and I got married. Yeah. And then I, in I 70... got her to Boston College in a dogmatic theology class, actually. Dogmatic theology? Dogmatic theology, yes. Wow. An interesting way to hook up, isn't it? I was just going to say, yeah. talk about the universe, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> 71, you show up at Western's campus. How'd that happen between 68 and 71? What took place that brought you here? Well, we got married, and yeah. I had applied to five different graduate schools, and I got the most money from Michigan State, so it was kind of a no-brainer. So I went to Michigan State thinking that I was going to um, study contemporary Spanish literature, maybe do my thesis on this um, uh, novelist, Jose Maria Gironella. Uh, he had a trilogy on the Spanish Civil War. I was also, But then I met this really great professor who just happened to be a medievalist, uh, Dr. Kenneth Schulberg. And so I had a few classes with him, and next thing you know, I was switching my field into medieval. And so that's what I really got uh, the degree in. I got the degree in medieval. And... Uh, so, okay, so I got the degree in medieval. So let's see now. That, um, in 1971, let's see. Okay, so 71, I came here. So in January of 71, yeah. I went to the MLA conference. I didn't have my PhD yet. Um, and that's a big difference. You talk about differences between then and now. Uh, a kinder, gentler time, yeah. to quote somebody. <laughs> uh, and so I was ABD here at Western for a while. But I went to the MLA conference. I had a lot of good interviews. And um, this one guy just really impressed me. He was from here. Mm. He was um, Roger Cole, a professor of German. And uh, at that time, the department here was called the Department of Modern and Classical Languages. It was just a huge umbrella department. Sure. And so I got hired into the Spanish section. So I went back to the hotel and I said to my wife, I said, hey, hon, geez, I had this great interview with this guy, Roger Cole, really. Neat. Oh, yeah, great, great, great. And, and where's he from? And I said, well, he's from Western Michigan University. And she said, but Bob, that's in Michigan. Yeah. She didn't want to be here. Yeah. She, she figured we'd be here maybe two years, one year, two years max, and back to New England. Yeah. And it didn't work out that way. Right. So here I am, 47 years later. I love it. It was going to be two years, and it didn't, just didn't work out that From way. two years to so 47. It was a great department. He was great. Roger was great. He's, he's one of the most competent chairmen I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've seen a lot. And in addition to that, the head of the Spanish section, see, we're all broken up into sections back then. So the head of the Spanish section was the legendary Herb Jones. And uh, <laughs> the department was just great. Yeah. I would have been crazy Not to leave. That's right. Yeah. I mean, why? If, you had a good thing going. If, it, if it's working well, if it's a good marriage, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll get uh, an offer from UConn. And the guy at UConn was a good interview, too. And he, I remember him saying to me, you know, uh, Bob, at UConn, you can do anything in this profession that you want to do, which at the time definitely was not true of Western. Definitely yeah. not. Now it is. But it wasn't the school at that time that yeah. it became after right. we had Dieter Henneke for president. He, that's yeah. the transformation right there. Henneke is the one who turned this thing on a dime. Because he understood international. He understood, he understood international. Right. Yeah. He understood he was highly research-oriented. He turned us into a research university, and we've never stopped being one. So that was really great. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful I was here to, to see that, to get to know him a little bit. So you, you spoke to, and we're going to talk about kind of those elements, but you spoke to something really important. You started to talk about one of the major differences mm -hmm. in higher education and what you see in our students and how, how higher ed works. What are some of the other shifts you've watched since 1971? Major. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to give you a real good answer on this, meaning, meaning an answer that's clearly well thought out, because honestly, I don't think about it very much. Yeah. I, I do know 
What do you think about? I well, I sometimes I think when I look back at uh, uh, my grades, I have all my grades. If I look at my grade books from 1971, wow. and I have them all the way back to high school, I, all wow. these kids I remember them. And uh, you know, one of the things that made me think it's time to retire, I'll just slip this one in. Yeah, is thinking that I taught Spanish four in Marlboro. It was one of the classes I taught. Spanish four in Marlboro High School. And those kids right now are all 70 years old, if they're still alive. Wow. If. And I know some of them probably aren't. 70. So then I start thinking, okay, Bob. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You've hello. been teaching Spanish a long yeah, time. That's a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. It's a long time. So, but I do notice, if I look over my grade books, I notice things that you could never get away with today, like class sizes. It was all over the map. Some were very big, but I had classes of, of uh, second semester beginning with six kids. Six? Six kids. <laughs> Carla would have a conniption fit if, if she even heard kids. about yeah. that. I would do. You yeah. know, six. Yeah. Then some others had 20. You know, it was just, it was, it was a, it was a oh. strange. And another thing, here's a big difference between then and then. This I, this I can tell you for sure. When I came here, 95% thereabouts, maybe 90, 95 of our Spanish majors were in the field of education, mm. in the field of education. And now I, it's probably down to maybe, I don't know if it's even five. Wow. I don't know if it's even five. And I, I judge that because... The guy we hired out of Portage Northern High School to teach our methods class for us is Michael Braun, and he's a veteran of the trenches. That's why he teaches such a good methods class, because the kids know he's telling it like it really is. Correct. Um, uh, one 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 kid wrote a letter of recommendation for him for the Distinguished Teaching Award, and she said, you know, basically, what we hear in 558 is all the things that they don't teach us in the School of Ed. This is by far the best education class I've ever had. Because he came right out of the Because he came right out of the trenches and he was dealing with real life and he has a book. It's called So You Want to Be a Teacher. And he got all these helpful hints. It's it's like this thick. Sure. And but but the real stuff in the trenches, the discipline, the 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 parents, the referrals, the whole works, all the all the stuff that'll either make you or break you. So that was one thing. So it was ninety-five percent going into education and now very few. And all you have to do, I just invite you to Where are they going? They're going. What in, industries are they going the, into? Well, well, the, uh, they're going into. We have a lot of combined majors. Okay. We have yeah. a lot of um, Spanish majors for whom Spanish is an ancillary discipline. So they're in um, health and human services, sure. Social work, um, speech path, uh, anything medical. So physician assistant, OT, PT. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of kids in business also yeah. are, are doing this. Criminal justice is a big thing. A lot of them want to learn Spanish, and so we have a lot of those combined. The ones who are doing only Spanish um, and with a minor are kind of few, and I always tell them, you know, guys, you got to understand, there's only two ways you can directly make a living with a foreign language. One is by teaching it, and the other is uh, translation interpretation. Mm. Very demanding. Yeah. Very demanding. Sure. Translation interpretation. It so. is. So. So when you think about these these years of teaching you came in 1971 to western it's 2018 you just retired when you turned in the last grade book that's right mm-hmm. you look over that span mm-hmm. what did you say or think when you woke up that first morning you weren't working two days ago yeah what was on your mind not too much i didn't i i what, what was on my mind uh, that tuesday morning uh, was getting those blessed grades done. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to wait a while 
So almost the last minute in case um, some student in my 1,000 class, yeah. the other classes are a cakewalk, yeah. but in the 1,000 class, you think, well, 1,000, Bob, that's the most basic thing you've got going. That should be the easiest, right? Well, it's easiest in terms of knowing the, the language that you have to teach to the students. That's yeah. sure. But the students are still learning how to be students. They're still learning how to be students. And in addition to that, I, it's, I'm not my own boss in there. It's a, a multi-section course, and I have to work under the course coordinator with a mentor yeah. who's one of my own graduate students, but he's my mentor. Thank God I had him Yeah. because he really helped. But I had two that really helped me a lot. And it's a difficult course to manage mm -hmm. the grading, yeah. the paperwork, the everything. I said to my wife, you know, a couple of times, you know, hon, I, I feel like a guy being blown away in a tornado with all his little pieces of paper flying all over the place. You got a slip for <laughs> self-evaluation, a slip for the video test, a slip for the oral exam, a slip for this, and you've got to grade them on paper, right. but also get them into the e-learning. Sure. Because the kids count on that. And right before they handed in the grades, two kids, let me know that, hey, Dr. Falkel, you know, uh, I know you gave me a grade for the video, but it says zero in e-learning. Oh. So I had to go look, and geez, the kid was right. Yeah. And some other kid, same thing. He, right. They were right. So it's an easy thing so to, to, to the mess last up. Minute. To the last minute. And, you and, were being and I haven't heard, been, I didn't hear from anybody else, so I'm hoping that's it. But as my chairman said, you know, oh, Bob, don't worry about it, because if there's a mistake, we fix it later. You do a grade change. It's no big deal. Get you out of here on this question. Yeah. Why teaching? What was it all about for you? Well, um, that I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you a good answer to that either because, of course, when I, my vocation was being formed, that was a long, long time ago. But I do know that I've always liked uh, the students, and, mm. and fortunately, the students have always liked me. In fact, I'm kind of unique. I've had colleagues who aren't like this, but I'm going to tell you one of my characteristics. I like bad students, too. Yeah. I do, because they're still fun to be around. Sure. And, you know, so, okay, so they're not working that hard. I didn't work that hard either. Hey, I got into Spanish only because I flunked Latin in high school. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Only because I flunked Latin or practically flunked it. I had to get a tutor just to save my skin. So I said to the teacher, who was also the Spanish teacher, I said, hey, Miss Kenny, what do you think? Do you think I could do Spanish yeah. as a sophomore? And I thought she was going to say no. I thought she was going to say, what are you, crazy? You can't even yeah. handle Latin, which is just reading. And you're going to want to speak, read, hear, listen. But she said, yeah, I think you can handle it. And I got A's in that. It's the only high school class I got A's in. Everything else was That's a right. disaster. And, and so now I'll, I'll, end, I'll tell you now how I got into Boston College. You say, well, if that's the case, why did, Boston College is a good Jesuit school. So how did they accept yeah. you? They accepted me because uh, early in my senior year, I, I had a motor, motor scooter, you know, and I got into an accident with a school bus, which didn't signal to make a left turn. I went flying over the school bus and wound up in the hospital. I was banged up so much, I couldn't do anything for the Whoa. rest of the year except study. So I got A's and everything. And Boston College looked at looked at the record and said, well, this guy has had a conversion experience. Yes. We'll take him. And that's <laughs> it. Then, then in college, I did fine. I changed my attitude. <laughs> but I did like the kids. And I like that, that energy that comes off a of class, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fun. You can laugh with them. You can joke as, as long as they know you're running the show. That's right. Which I found out in, in, you're still in, in my first year of high school. Yeah. I, I didn't. I was not running the show. And I had some trouble with the freshman in yeah. freshman English. But then I got better at it. And yeah, you, you, they've got to know that you're running the show. But if, if they do, the freshmen are a lot of fun. They're as funny as anything. Now, so that's it, really. Now I know why it went well for you. Uh -huh. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. You're the 
you represent what is the best of our educators. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, well, I hope, I don't know. The, the humility, the yeah. empathy, mm-hmm. the enjoyment, the passion. I can definitely empathize with kids who are flying uh, because I was yeah, one of them too. Right. <laughs> well, and I tell you, that's why, uh, that's why we celebrate you. That's Good. why you're here. Is because that uh, that word has reverberated across your career, mm-hmm. and as you retire, I just want you to know your university family is so glad you gave us all of that since '71. Thank you. I, I, if I gave you all of that, believe me, it's been a two-way street too, because I've gotten a lot out of Western and out of the community that we live in. It's been a great thing. Awesome, Dr. Felko. Thanks for being on. Uh, to all of you who are listening today, you can find out what's going on there in the Spanish department and how we're engaging students in their international work, learning languages, and the professors like Dr. Felkel who continue to lift our students uh, every day, even in his retirement. Thanks for being on today, and thanks for all of you for listening. If you want more information, go to mywmu.com slash raise the W. And if you get out today and talk to folks, maybe you're at an event, maybe you're heading out to the beach, maybe you're trying to get some time just to chill. If there's other people around you, tell them about Western. Tell them about the programs, about the great place it is, and how it's always a great day to be a Bronco. If you do that, you'll help us all to raise the W.